Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined by the one and only Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field to talk Packers-Giants Monday Night Football. It's coming up from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And, uh, Wes, this Giants team not having the season that they envisioned after a, an impressive run to a playoff spot and chalking up a playoff victory last year on the road in Minneapolis. The Giants started this season 2-8. and eight. They are now 4-8 and eight after back-to-back victories heading into their bye week. They are now coming off the bye when they face the Packers at home on a Monday night. Um, not the year that they were looking for, but uh, um, but a team that with these back-to-back victories heading into their bye, you wonder if they're starting to figure something out. Not easy to win in the National Football League. And the fact that the Giants have won back-to-back games for the first time this season, the, the big message that I had in our Insider Inbox column this week was the Packers have to proceed with confidence and caution. This is not the time to start overlooking opponents. Uh, the Green Bay Packers don't have that benefit. When you're 6-6, six and six, you got five games to go, and you need every single one of these victories possible to, to improve your situation, to potentially make a playoff spot, and then maybe even try to improve that positioning in the postseason. Yet you can't take anybody for granted. I think Tommy DeVito has given this team some life. I know it was a little bit of controversy earlier this week with the decision that, hey, Tyrod Taylor's back, but they want to still run with DeVito. Yeah. I think that's the right call. I, I respect Tyrod. He's had a tremendous career. Maybe they have to go back to him at some point. But when you've won back-to-back games, I know what the opposition was. I know it wasn't – they didn't beat the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs, but they, there's a little bit more swagger in this team. And it was a team that has been struggling to have confidence lately. And if you have somebody that you feel is the odd hand, you might as well ride them. Yeah, well, one of the things that was certainly detrimental to the start that the Giants got off to was when running back Saquon Barkley had to miss, I believe it was three games yep. back in uh, late September, mid-October, sort of in that range. When he came back from that injury, he, he got on a pretty good run. He averaged about 90 rushing yards per game for a stretch of five games until the Patriots kind of shut him down uh, that last game before um, the Giants' bye week. But you know he was he was up there you know four and a half yards per carry over a stretch of of five games there but this offense has been they've struggled to protect their quarterbacks whether it's been Daniel Jones or Tyron Taylor or Tommy DeVito 
Um, they're also missing one of their downfield threats in tight end Darren Waller, who is injured, and it sounds like he will not be back for the game on Monday night against the Packers. You look at this from from the Packers' perspective defensively, you absolutely cannot let Saquon Barkley get going. You have to make this what has been a struggling passing game for the Giants. You have to make them turn things over to that struggling passing game and try to beat you that way. Yeah, it's the number one key to victory uh, in this thing, and I know we'll talk about that later. But with Saquon Barkley, when you talk about that season they had a year ago, a lot of that had to do with Barkley. And it had to do with as much as I know Daniel Jones got the contract and everything, uh, Saquon Barkley is the one that ultimately pushed him to the postseason with his play throughout the course of that year, kind of reminding everybody of what this guy's capable of when he's healthy. Unfortunately for him, as you talked about, wasn't healthy earlier this season, but showed, you know, against the New York Jets, he could still be a bell cow who touches the ball 30 plus times. Yeah. Uh, in some of these, you know, two weeks ago, that win over Washington, two receiving touchdowns, again, reminding you of what this guy's capable of in space. And the Green Bay Packers have to have their antennas up for that because the fact of the matter is the Giants offensively, as much as everyone's been so focused on the Jets, the Giants have really struggled on offense this season too in New York. I think second the league right now in scoring off or second to last in league, excuse me, in scoring offense in dead last in total yards. They have not been able to move the ball effectively. Uh, defensively, we'll talk about that in a second. There's been some positives there. But offensively, it's been pretty lethargic. They haven't had a lot of guys step up in the passing game. So, yeah, if you're the Green Bay Packers, it starts with Saquon Barkley, starts with pressuring DeVito, and from there allowing your secondary to you know handle the rest of it. Yeah, and we've talked, obviously, over the last couple of weeks about how important these fast starts have been for the Packers and how detrimental that was earlier in the season when it was taking so long for the offense to get going. This New York Giants team, Wes, has scored 16 points in the first quarter the entire season. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the Packers were at 20 points in the first quarter through 10 games, but this is now 16 points for the Giants through 12 games in the first quarter. If you want, I mean, getting off to getting off to a good start on the road, you know, in a primetime game, this is this is a big time opportunity for the Packers to do that and and to keep the Giants struggling in the early portions of games. Well, and, and pressuring the quarterback here too, right? I mean, when you're looking at these numbers that they've given up this so far this season, what Devito's already been sacked 28 times. It, I mean, is this? I, I don't even know if it was this extreme. They have 69 sacks allowed. Is that my reading that right? I mean, Boy, my, I, I don't, God, I don't know. If that's, I, that's actually a number I did not look so, up. So Daniel Jones, there. 30. DeVito, I knew DeVito was already at 28 because that's been a big thing. But Daniel Jones sacked 30 times. DeVito sacked 28 times. And then Tyrod Taylor was sacked 10 times. My goodness. I mean, it shows you why we were talking about the, the, the people talking and mentioning the, the issues yeah. they've had in pass protection. Evan Neal this week. I know that's been another big topic in New York and what's happening at right tackle. But be that as it may, you can't take it for granted. Rashawn Gary is pressuring well. Preston Smith is pressuring well. You have to be confident going in this matchup. You have to show that we are the team that has won three in a row now. We're the team that has won four of our last five, and we are turning a corner. But you're doing it on their turf, yep. and you're doing it against an opponent that obviously has a little bit more of a hunger along with them after this recent uptick. Yeah. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Well, on the defensive side of the ball, it's uh, um, it's almost the opposite in a sense because defensively against the pass, this is a team, you have Kayvon Thibodeau with 11 sacks, 11 of the team's 21. He actually has more than half of their sacks. But you have Thibodeau with 11. You have Dexter Lawrence with four. That guy is a beast in the middle of any defensive line. They have 12 interceptions against the pass. Two of them return for touchdowns. Opposing quarterbacks have just an 83.4 passer rating against them on the season. But the flip side of it is they haven't been able to stop the run. They're giving up 4.8 yards per carry on the season. They've allowed 18 rushing touchdowns. They've allowed more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns Mm -hmm. defensively, which almost is unheard of in this day and age of the NFL. Um so again, like the the statistics, the blueprint sort of lays itself out that that you pound the ball with uh, AJ Dillon, you make them stop the run, which th- which they've struggled to do. It ought to open some things up for for Jordan Love, but at the same time, you have to be cognizant of protecting the football because twelve interceptions is no small number. These guys have taken it away. They're fifth in the league in third down defense. When they get you in third down, yeah. they can make life difficult for you, and that's when you have to be conscious of protecting that ball. And it's the Wink Martindale's defense. We've had so much, you know, said so much about him over the years, and I know people, despite the numbers, really hold him in high regard out there in New York of what he's done there. And it's been this feast or famine kind of unit so far this season, but. Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy that I was super impressed with. I, I joked, I remember with the draft, I was like, man, if, if somehow he would have fallen to Green Bay, what a great pick that would have been with him coming out with the, the green and gold suit from Oregon, <laughs> the green and yellow suit from Oregon. That would yeah. have been perfect for Green Bay. But the guy has 11 of their 21 sacks so far this season. He is their pressure force there. Dexter Lawrence is coming off, I think, the first game he's ever missed of his career with the hamstring. It sounds like, from what Brian Dabble said, that he will be back for this one, or it's trending that way. Yeah. Maybe he didn't practice on Tuesday. But they have some legit playmakers uh, on that side of the ball. And as you said, if, if they do, when the opportunities that they get where they do stop the run and they get you in third downs, they get off the field. For Green Bay's standpoint, though, especially coming off a performance like they had against Kansas City, I don't know what the status is going to be with Aaron Jones here, but you have to be able to go north and south on this team. You have to be able to set that up because if you do, it makes everything easier for Jordan Love. It makes everything easier for this Packers offense, and the opportunity is there. You have to execute on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Thibodeau Thibodeau is a guy who he was, I guess you'd say, taking a lot of criticism as a rookie because he was such a high draft pick and didn't really burst on the scene the way everybody everybody was hoping for in New York but you're seeing that guy develop he's a he's a tough customer on the edge he's racking up the sacks this year and uh, and I don't think uh, um, I don't think we've seen the best of Dexter Lawrence this season because man I mean I know you and I talked about it last last winter 
um, he was he was an absolute force in yeah. that playoff game when they went into Minnesota and and beat the Vikings in the wild card round. And that's the that's the Dexter Lawrence you have to prepare for, bad hamstring or not, because he's capable he's capable of causing all kinds of problems in uh, in the middle of that defensive yeah. line. And I mean, it shows you how tough and durable this guy's been too that he went this long and I mean, for that to be what took him down a hamstring to an interior defensive lineman, that tells you it's not that was not a happy day for him. Yeah. I mean, that is a pretty significant deal to to sideline a defensive lineman because a lot of times I remember Mike Daniels dealt with it for a stretch during one of his seasons too. If there's one position where sometimes you can overcome the hamstring, it tends to be the interior stuff, but it took him down. If he's back out there, I mean, that is another game changer for them. They just are a very opportunistic bunch. And if, and if you look at the games in which they've won this season, it's been executing. It's been finding those ways to sort of, I don't want to say manipulate, but being able to capitalize on some of the mistakes the opposing offense is doing. Green Bay needs another clean ball game to come out on this one. Yeah, and, uh, and that's certainly where the Packers' offense has been trending, and you want that trend to continue in that direction. By the way, I did the, look up the stats here quick. I, I apologize. I didn't do my f- research fully. I knew the Giants' offensive line has had some issues this season. 69 sacks allowed for the Giants. The next closest is Washington at 58, and then the much maligned New York Jets' offensive line, 51. So it kind of gives you an idea of how far in front the Giants have been so far this season as far as pressure on the quarterback. And honestly, that's kind of been a recurring theme for them the last few seasons. Yeah, um, they they uh, they found they definitely found something last season with getting Daniel Jones on the move, yes, and yep. even with some design runs and whatnot. And and but uh, but that part of things it it didn't come together for them. You know, they took the they took it whatever it was forty to nothing. You know, on the chin right out of, right out of the gate, week one against the yeah. Cowboys, and it just seemed like that was a um, that was a, a, a a blow that they that they haven't really recovered from and uh um but again to to me when you look at this game from the Packers perspective Saquon Barkley Saquon Barkley is the guy that you're most concerned about especially because the Packers run defense throughout the course of the season has been so up and down yeah there have been games where the Packers have played the run really really tough but we also know there are three games this season where the Packers have allowed 200 plus rushing yards and obviously they've lost all three of those those are three of the six losses on the Packers ledger so obviously when we start talking keys to victory which we might as well do right now stopping Saquon Barkley um, ranks at the at the top of the list but the other one for me just knowing what we see in the numbers and what we've seen from this Giants defense is that uh, is that the Packers need their own ground game to be to be reliable and productive throughout all four quarters of this game. You don't want to just get into a, a drop back, a straight drop back passing game against a secondary with all those picks and against two pass rushers like Thibodeau and Lawrence. No, you, you can't do it. And, and I feel like with Green Bay and, and looking at some of these statistics for the Giants, 1,633 rushing yards allowed so far this season. As you mentioned, the 18 touchdowns, 4.8 yards per carry, which I believe is 30th in the NFL for most yards per carry allowed. It does sort of set the blueprint there for what has to happen in these games. And honestly, it's going to sound kind of dumb. It's going to sound very basic, but it really comes down to just scoring points. The Giants are 0-5 this year when they've given up over 30 points. When, you, when you're not scoring, it's hard to win those type of shootout games. And I think from Green Bay's standpoint, when you're protecting the football and you're running the football 
all well. That is, that's as simple as it gets in terms of what you need to do to execute this game. More headlines are going to be about Jordan Love now. The guy's eight touchdowns, no picks the last three games. You know, people are throwing him out there as one of the, the young up-and-coming quarterbacks now. Funny how quickly a month can change things in, in the eyes of the national pundits. But I think it's mostly about the whole. And Green Bay, let's just be honest, Mike, on paper – in recent results, they are the better football team. Yes. You can't allow yourself to to, to make the mistakes that kind of haunted them earlier this season. You come out fast, you sustain that. I think the path to victory is there. Yeah, and I thought it, I thought it was very uh, purposeful on the part of Matt LaFleur when he addressed the media on Monday, and it's one of the reasons I wrote about it. Uh, the story was actually posted Wednesday on our website. You can go check it out with regard to some of the things with the Packers' defense because as as impressive as it was and holding Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to 19 points is a result you will take any day of the week and twice on Sunday as they say um but he made he he made a point of emphasizing that there were a couple of instances against Isaiah Pacheco yep. where the Packers had called a single safety defense meaning that one of the safeties was down in the box as an extra run defender to help against the run but then the the guys the guys didn't fit the gaps properly and Pacheco against a defense designed to stop the run was able to get an explosive and and gash them. I think he specifically mentioned that on Monday because Saquon Barkley is coming up and because the Packers are going to I think bring an extra run defender into the box quite a bit against Barkley in this game on Monday night. And that's the biggest thing with the run defense they have to shore up. I mean, if you're going to if you need to sit back in certain situations, two safeties, the 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 other team is going to be able to get some runs that, you know, the five and six yard runs like those are going to happen. When you call a defense to stop the run, you need to be able to stop the run at the line of scrimmage or within a couple yards of the line of scrimmage, and that's what the Packers have to do. They have to get that short up. They have to get the gap fits right. You have to tackle better than you did against Pacheco um, and the Chiefs, and uh, and I think that's the biggest emphasis defensively going into this game. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, Pacheco is a different type of running back in Barkley in that, I mean, a lot of it, he doesn't have the size of Barkley, but a lot of it is based on explosion and seeing how much he was running through contact, really just with pure speed. Barkley's going to be a guy that's going to try to wear you down, especially if he's fit for 25 carries in this game. It's going to be a four-quarter battle in that way. But and, and last year out in London, you know, obviously the Packers had trouble with Barkley in the second half. As the yep. game wore on, it got Changed. harder and harder to get him on the ground. And, and certainly the Giants know what they did to be successful in London with Barkley against the Packers last year. You know they're going to turn back to that. Absolutely. But, yeah, looking at the Giants very quickly, 31st in the league and third down offense. When you give up that many sacks, that's not too big of a surprise. 30.9%. Right. 31st in red zone offense. So even when they've been getting down on drives, have not been able to finish those off. And honestly, the biggest stat that is just going to jump off the page to you, 19.6% sacks to pass attempts. So basically every five times your quarterback's dropping back, he's getting He's down. getting sacked. It's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'll take care of a little bit of sponsor business here, Wes, and then we'll look elsewhere around the league. Sirius XM NFL Radio li delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. 
All right, two things to look at with regard to the NFC playoff picture for this week. The first is what directly involves the Packers, which is that all all four of the wild card contenders with the 6 and 6 records in the NFC, all of them are on the road. The Packers are at the Giants, the Rams are at the Ravens, the Vikings are at the Raiders, and the Seahawks are at the 49ers. So any thoughts you want to share on on those other games? I think it's just it's it's interesting when we talk about this cluster of teams that are that are six and six, and I'm not including the Falcons because they're leading their division, technically not in the wild card chase at the moment. That all four of them are on the road in the same week. Everyone's yeah. looking. Everyone's looking to chalk up a, a road victory uh, before coming back home to friendly confines. Well, and before I just touch on that, as you mentioned with that Falcons game, the Packers are in a point right now that they just cheer for the Falcons to win any opportunity they get. Absolutely, you want the Falcons to win the NFC South, so they are not in the wild card picture yeah. because that's a team that you lost to head to head. So if a tiebreaker comes into play. You don't, you don't want it to be against the Falcons. Yeah, so obviously from a Packers fan perspective, hoping for them to hold serve there against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some interestingly difficult matchups, though. I mean, the Rams having to go into Baltimore with the way that Baltimore is playing right now. Baltimore is another one of those teams that has gone through some adversity. The, they lose Mark Andrews. Yeah. But defensively have been continually be a tough unit to be able to, to penetrate. I think that's interesting, too, because Matthew Stafford seems to have that Rams offense cranked yes. up quite a bit. Yep. The Rams offense that the Packers faced with Brett Rippon at quarterback and whatever, the Rams are in a completely different place right now, but that Ravens defense is going to be a big challenge for Stafford and, and Cup and Nakua and those guys. The fascinating thing, too, about the Rams is as much as it's been built around Cup and Stafford, they are just, it's been like this since the beginning with McVeigh with the Rams too. They don't always prioritize the resources put into the running back position, but that offense is completely different whenever they have a productive running back. And oh, now yeah. with Williams back in the lineup uh, and doing what he's been doing, the, the first game he had coming off of IR, whatever he had, 150 rushing yards, incredibly productive. Yeah. And even though Nakua and some of those guys have been banged up a little bit, that sort of helped them in, in that regard. Uh, Seattle with a gut check game now against San Francisco. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they played the Niners at home yeah. very recently, obviously, on Thanksgiving night. Then they had to go on the road for a Thursday night game at Dallas. And then um, and then now they're hitting the road again to go to, go to uh, San Francisco and playing the Niners for the second time in three games. Yeah, they're desperately hoping you can get Kenneth Walker back here and get him involved in that offense once again. And, and certainly with Geno kind of wondering what you're going to get with him taking on a very stifling San Francisco defense. But with the way that Christian McCaffrey is running the ball, Brock Purdy last week, I mean, I, I said it on our last show. I mean, when you have a quarterback that is playing the system the way he's playing it, I think it's sometimes – you overlook just how good Brock Purdy has been as a quarterback in general. Yeah. Uh, the, the kid is doing all the right things to help that football team win. And certainly the, the 49ers, when you pressure him, when he doesn't have Debo Samuel available, different football team. Uh, and, and then if I may, just very quickly to, to touch on this with Minnesota, this is kind of almost as big of a Josh Dobbs sort of heat check as anything else. And seeing – Okay, is this going to be the guy for us? You're going up against Vegas, who has had their own issues, but you're on their turf. Uh, the Vikings, I think, probably desperately are hoping that Dobbs can perform here and look like the guy he was early on, because otherwise, now you're trying to mount a playoff push with a quarterback 
controversy somewhat yeah. and that's never a good formula yeah and the vikings are are hoping that by sticking with dobbs and getting justin jefferson back from his injury that uh that that combination that those two can maybe find uh you know find a way to click and and you know really the the bottom line for minnesota is is it's been the turnovers yeah when they turn the ball over they look like a bad football team and they struggle to get victories and they look very poor in doing so when they protect the football that's a tough team to beat i mean and that that's it, it's been it, it's been one or the other with the minnesota vikings um so far this season live nation presents concert week now through may 14th get 25 dollars tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75 percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirk spentley fade hootie and the blowfish janet jackson kids bob kids megan trainer bissell puma sarah mclaughlin Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The other thing to look at with regard to the NFC playoff picture, the, the big game everybody's going to be watching, of course, is the Sunday night football game. It's Philadelphia at Dallas. Dallas is one game behind the Eagles in uh, the NFC East race. But where this could potentially get really interesting, Wes, is if the Niners beat the Seahawks, if the Lions win their game, and if the Cowboys beat the Eagles, you suddenly will have a four-way tie for the number one seed in the NFC with four games to go. And not saying that that's what's going to happen, but it's certainly very plausible that that's how that's where the NFC playoff picture could be sitting after this week with four teams at 10 and 3 and four games to go to decide who gets that number 1 spot and the first round by the only one now with uh, with that only going to the top seed as opposed to the the first two like it used to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean this is what the NFL wanted, right? They wanted that type of battle not only for playoff uh you know, births, but also the positioning to get that number one seed. And if I'm Matt Eberflus in Chicago right now, I'm reminding my football team of exactly what we did to the Detroit Lions a couple weeks ago, a few no weeks question. ago. So that, that, that's a game with a lot on the line for them. Buffalo's trying to go to Kansas City. I mean, I, I think that's a huge game for both of those teams for an entirely different reasons. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a very compelling week 14 slate of games that are going to have huge implications for how the rest of this thing goes. But uh, Dallas, you know, Mike McCarthy, I saw the reports out there with the appendicitis. You hope everything's going okay with him. What's his availability going to be for that game against Philly? Um, a lot to keep your eye on here as the, the Green Bay Packers prepare for that game on Monday night. Well, I had, uh, I had my emergency appendectomy last year on a Wednesday night, 
and I was in the press box to cover the game on Sunday. So Mike McCarthy, but I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I hope everything Could you have is, stood the whole time? I hope everything is good with Mike. And there, there, I mean, it sounds like he is expecting to be able to be on the yeah. sideline on Sunday. So I, I don't mean to I don't mean to make uh, to make light of it. But uh, if but you I had... went through it last year, it's not fun. But obviously, sitting up in the press box with my laptop is a little different than being on the sideline with the headset and calling plays trying and to call trying to trying to you know dodge 300 pound guys making tackles and I mean we've seen not to go off on too big of a tangent <laughs> we've seen we've seen some like ugly sideline collisions yeah. in NFL games this year like people got to start protecting themselves a little bit more like this is this is getting out of hand I just I, I hate watching those moments in games where somebody just very innocently you know on the sideline a chain gang member or whatever the case might be and uh, and they you know they need medical attention and all this and it's like that's been happening too much in this league yeah I, I, it makes it hard for me to transition back but I'm gonna force it anyway could okay. you have stood for three hours covering that game last year after the appendectomy yeah, I could have. I, okay. I could have. I could have stood. I mean, if I took your chair away and I said, "If you, you gotta stand if you ask you ask me to ask me to run down the sideline to call a timeout," you know, when when uh, <laughs> when uh, you got a bad look on on offense or defense or whatever, no, wouldn't have been able to do that. <laughs> but stand, standing still a few days after, yeah, I could I could have probably pulled that off. Yeah, it, but uh, to your point, yeah, it's been it's been very scary. You know that I think that was what one of the chain gang guys last week got a pretty bad deal. Yeah, and, down in New Orleans, it yeah. was the, the Detroit the Detroit New Orleans game gotta stay heads up yeah very fast very athletic well, very big human beings that's maybe. why you and I don't spend any time on the sideline we just stay safe up in the I, press box not just because it's warm but because we uh we can protect ourselves up there <laughs> I will never forget as we can close out the show on this uh 2000 I believe it was 2016 was it it wasn't it was was f- was it after Favre got his NFL? I think it was after Favre got his Super Bowl. He was getting a Super Bowl ring at Lambeau, or not a Super Bowl ring, his uh, the Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame ring. ring. Yeah, I think it was 16, and they were doing the halftime show. So I went down early. I think I was working for the Packers at that point. I think you stayed up in the press box. I went down early to cover the halftime thing with Favre, and I spent the last five minutes of the first half down on the field, and that experience of watching. I think Dallas was driving. And so the defense was, they had their back to me, but they were getting into Green Bay territory. And like Julius Peppers was out there and like all these guys. And I'm like, it gave me a new appreciation, not only for the speed of these guys, but just how many monsters there are out there on the field. It's, it is startling. Yeah. Earlier, earlier in my career, both with the Packers and when in, in the newspaper business, there, there were moments for different reasons where I would spend just, brief periods on the sidelines maybe I was you know running digital cards for photographers or whatever the case might be you spend any time right on the sideline while the action is going on in an NFL game the um the speed of the game the power of the collisions as you said the size of the players I mean it really hits you when you are that when you are that close to it you know hits you no pun intended you you realize it you realize that the game that you're watching on tv looks and feels a heck of a lot different when you are right down there on the grass. And, uh, um, I've, I've, I've always, you know, filed away those memories because it is a, it is a different game. And you and I both spent plenty of time on high school sidelines, even college game sidelines, perhaps here and there in the NFL, man, it's a whole different world. And you might get a kid that that's a really good tackler. You might get a kid that's really fast, very rarely, at least in our part of the country, do you see the guy with the whole total package. Yeah. 
Um, the, the probably the closest I came to that was Alec Ingold over at Bayport, and he was just a quick kind of sized up quarterback. But it, it's just it's it's incredible to watch, and it gives you respect and profound admiration for what these guys do on a weekly basis to get themselves ready for it. Yeah. I was tired enough. It's Thursday morning. I think I finally came back today as far as getting on my sleep schedule. Oh. And I don't even have to do anything athletic. I yeah, just sit now, and, and, and now we have to now we have to do it again and I don't know, when's our plane gonna get back? Like three in the morning or three thirty. And I gotta shoot daily on Tuesday Jersey. morning. So um yeah, well we'll we'll have to uh we'll have to readjust again next week. But hey, Packers are uh, Packers are in the playoff chase, and that beats uh, the alternative. It's the best. It is the best thing to cover f- December football when your team is in it. Yeah, it's there's nothing like it. They, even you can see the article views, you know, the engagement on stuff. People are just revved up for it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Green Bay Packers got five more to go here, trying to get another one yeah. on Monday night. No question about it. With that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of Monday night's game from MetLife in New Jersey. We will have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.